Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzer, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Risha Howard, and we're going to explore Twitter spaces and everything you need to know to get started with this social audio experience on Twitter. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram. And I'm also Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you do not miss any of our future content. By the way, are you looking for smart solutions to grow your agency? When your agency partners with Wix, you unlock an entire digital ecosystem for creating, managing, and growing your business online so you can run your agency the way you've always wanted to. Get the full coding and design freedom to create anything your clients need, along with the tools to manage and collaborate with your team seamlessly from anywhere. And when it comes to growing your business, you can get matched with new leads every day and earn revenue share for every website you create. They'll all be backed by Wix's industry-leading security and site performance. You'll also have dedicated account managers on standby 24-7 so you can reach your goals and start setting new ones. See for yourself. Head over to Wix.com slash partners and reimagine what your agency can accomplish. You support this show by checking out our sponsors. And now let's transition over to this week's interview with Risha Howard. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Risha Howard. If you don't know who Risha is, you need to know who she is. She's a Twitter spaces expert. She's known as the queen of spaces. She's also co-host of the hashtag viral talk show on spaces, which breaks down creators who've gone viral. And she's also taught a spaces workshop for none other than Twitter. Risha, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Mike. So today, Risha and I are going to explore Twitter spaces and what it means for marketers, what it means for business. So I guess where I want to start before we get into Twitter spaces is how did you discover spaces? Like, tell us your story. How'd you get into all this craziness that's going on right now? Start wherever you want to start. I feel really lucky um, to continue to be in the right place at the right time. But my story of my Twitter journey is pretty non-traditional by comparison to some of the like the OGs on Twitter who remind me how long they've been there. They've been in the trenches in Twitter for the last 10 to 12 years, but my account has only been open for about three years and I was not actively using it at all until uh, December of 2020. 
I had uh, been using Clubhouse, enjoying the, you know, this new audio product boom that was going on. And then I heard that Twitter Spaces was, you know, going to be opening shortly. So I did a little homework and I followed the handle, the Twitter Spaces handle on Twitter. And I also followed a few of the developers. And I want to say like within 48 hours, I was able to experience my first space. It was not in the hosting capacity, but with one of the uh, people on the research team. And uh, we chatted it up. And then he ended up asking me, um, Danny Singh, he said, uh, you know, what if you had your own Twitter space? Like, what would you want to do with it? And they selected me as one of the original 300 beta testers of the product. And you know what they say, the rest is history. Well, let's back up a little bit and let's tell a little bit of the story before Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces. Like, what were you doing before all this stuff came along? I do a little bit of everything. I own a few businesses and I'm a wife and mom of four. So my children are homeschooled. I've been doing that the last nine years, but I've always had my hand in a lot of different things at once. And I understand that uh, marrying all those different things together, like the glue of that is how you use social media. So I've always been um, a big fan of social media and learning all the, the new products that were coming out. And I've been in the content creation space for about four years with a YouTube family vlog channel called Six Hours. So my family and I have been creating content there for quite a while. And something that I started to notice was sometimes it's just a delayed gratification when there's so much work on the back end, whereas in social audio, I can connect right away with people and in live time, I'm able to make connections with them. And you don't have to kind of wait till you put the content out and, you know, go back and forth with comments. It's really great to like in real time, talk to other people and get real time reactions. to the content that you're putting out. So you and your husband and your kids were family vlogging on your YouTube channel called Six Howards. Is that what you said it was called? That's correct. Yes. And somehow Clubhouse came along, right? So it sounds like you were like the rest of us, right? Like, oh, you're stuck at home. Right. Can't really go anywhere during the pandemic. So I may as well try out Clubhouse. And is that kind of like the beginning of social audio, you know, eyes being opened, if you will, for you? What's funny is that when Clubhouse, when I heard about it, everybody that I chatted with about it thought it sounded insane. And they were like, you want to do what? And I didn't have access yet. So I was doing my, my research. I'm like, no one I knew had it. So I knew about this product, um, knew the potential it had without me ever experiencing it. So I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and reserve my handle there. And I tell my husband the same thing. You reserve your handle. We weren't aware of the fact that, I don't know if it's still like this. I'm assuming it is where if uh, finally one of your contacts is on there, they can essentially like wave you in and help you cut the line. So my husband kind of handed me his phone one day like, yeah, I have an account now. He couldn't care less. And I was like, oh, you got to send me an invite right now. (laughs) (laughs) And it was everything that I thought, you know, the potential that was there. It was everything I had hoped for in terms of what this could be. Then when Spaces came along, it was much further into the future, giving us, you know, all types of different features and everything as well. Early December, I think the 5th or something is when I first got on Clubhouse. And I was blown away by it because I was like, wow, I can talk to people. I'm an extrovert. I love this, you know, and I can do kind <laughs> of like experiences. And it's it's as if we're all together, even though we're not, which is really cool. For sure. So you went out to Twitter and they gave you early access to spaces. So you were amongst the first couple hundred, I would guess, that had beta access to spaces. Is that right? That's correct. They originally rolled it out to 300 people. So you're one of the 300 
And was it in December that you got access to Spaces or was it later? Yes, it was in December that I was using Spaces. I didn't have access to hosting. They didn't roll it out to the 300 until January of this year. Got it. Okay. So you have been using Spaces how often since you got on there? Like just give people a little bit more of the backstory of what you've been doing with Spaces. I've not skipped a single day, (laughs) whether it's in a hosting capacity or um, supporting other creators on there, learning, talking to the research team, providing feedback. There's not been one day that I've not served in one or all of those different ways on Twitter Spaces. Okay, so it's confident to say that you have been hosting or participating in 100 plus, you know, spaces. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Probably even a couple hundred probably by now, right? Oh yeah, easily. So you've seen all sides of it and that's why I've invited you on the show. And to be very transparent to everyone, I had Risha in my clubhouse room for Social Media Examiner twice actually. And I was so impressed with how much she understood spaces that I decided to go ahead and bring her on this show. So You know, this audience is predominantly marketers who work for mostly smaller businesses. Right. And let's start with why they should consider maybe participating in Twitter spaces in some sort of way. What's the advantages? Why should they care? Okay. well, there are multiple advantages. One thing that I love about marketing on Twitter is that brands have established the most unique ways of giving you the personality behind the business. The voices behind those handles have become extremely important. People are tuned into them. They wait for that banter and the interactions between them and the brands. If you are looking to establish a dynamic presence, this is like the perfect thing to couple with whatever you're already building on the timeline, because now you can bring this into audio space with your, you know, direct target market and learn more about your audience. So, The fact that it's free should be a huge selling point, but to be able to release new products and talk to your audience about what else is on the horizon and get feedback right then and there, you might find that you learned a whole lot more than you would through surveys and other forms of medium. But I just feel like it's also an excellent way. Something that I've been very intentional about is kind of erasing geographical borders through spaces. So my following is very, very mixed. In fact, the show, the hashtag viral talk, it was trending in about six different countries last week. I was able to accomplish that and I spent not a penny. So I can only imagine a brand that is looking to become global, the type of reach they will have in that type of setting. And they're giving us new tools every day. So with Twitter, you already have your following established in many cases. So you're right there with your audience as well, which is a lot tougher with the standalone apps. A lot of people had to start from scratch, which is advantageous for, for some. But For a company like Pepsi or Nike, it's not advantageous. So somewhere like Spaces where you open up and you're able to bring in different people who are instrumental to whatever project you're working on and you got this reach to thousands and thousands of people on the spot, I feel like it's probably one of the best marketing tools that I've seen in a very long time. I want to echo on top of that a couple of things. First of all, Twitter Spaces is part of this bigger umbrella that's referred to as social audio. And the benefit of social audio is that there's no video, first of all, right? So you can go live to your audience. You do not have to be camera ready. That's a big deal for a lot of people. You do not have to be in a beautiful environment. That's a big deal for a lot of people. You can interact with your followers and or customers. 
So if you begin to think about traditionally how marketers have to do this, live video is the first thing that comes to mind, right? So you would go live on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. Well, now you can do this on Twitter. Nearly everyone has a Twitter account. It's one of the oldest social platforms. In addition, you can create, if you will, a live event on Twitter. And you can email your entire audience and say, hey, we're going to have this live event, this live experience. And when you start to think about what can you do with live events and you start thinking about, well, what can you do with a webinar? You can sell, you can educate, you can entertain. There's so many things that you can do with this concept known as social audio. And then when you narrow down to Twitter, the fact that you already have Twitter and the fact that so many of your followers already have Twitter that there is no barriers to entry like there are with the other social apps. By this recording, Clubhouse may be widely available without invites, but as of this recording, you need an invitation to get into Clubhouse. Spaces has a lot of advantages for people that are looking to create content. And I think that's kind of the key. So a lot of our audiences heard about Clubhouse because we have heavily evangelized Clubhouse at Social Media Examiner. But I would love you to kind of Risha, help explain how Spaces is different than Clubhouse, because I think it'd be useful for everyone to understand. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there are some key differences, as you already stated very well, the fact that you already have your built in community. So for boosting community engagement, you'll probably have better luck there as a start. But then just the actual functionality, my very favorite element within Spaces is that you are you're able to pin tweets inside the space. So the function that people call PTR, pull to refresh in Clubhouse, is not something that exists on Twitter spaces because there's no need for it. You can create a carousel within the space. Um, We've tested up to 40 slides at a time and then just gave up like, okay, it's just going to let us continue to pin more and more tweets up there. So that's extremely helpful to provide a visual while you're speaking. So, I mean, the the use cases for that are endless. Sometimes you're just posting funny tweets of things that you've seen and wanted to talk about. Other times you've got artists sharing their work, photographers. You've got people uh, putting up slides, of, you know, for business presentations. I mean, anything that can be tweeted can be shared within the space. So that's huge. By the way, just real quick, for those that don't know what pull to refresh means, because I just want to make sure, because some people are like, huh, what does that mean? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) So on Clubhouse, you can change your bio picture. And some people have creatively changed their bio picture because it's the only way to get a visual change when you're in a room. But what Risha is saying with, with spaces is that you can selectively share a tweet and a tweet could contain an image or a link or anything, right? And that allows a shared resource Although it is a little restrictive, it's better than nothing, which is what you have on Clubhouse. So I think that's really cool. And then if if there's a bunch of them, you can scroll between them, right, is what you're saying, right? Correct. Correct. And the host has the ability to modify what's sitting there. They can delete things that have been shared. Um, A person, any person who is on the stage with speaking privileges is allowed to pin suites inside the space as well. And they are able to remove their own if they like. So say, for instance, um, as the conversation flows, you may start off talking about marketing, but then maybe you've moved on and you're discussing burnout. And maybe you want to kind of modify what's up there as well as changing the title throughout the space so that it can reflect what's um, currently taking place. Or sometimes without context, maybe you want to remove a particular picture just because without the context, it wouldn't make sense where you stood on one side versus the other. So that's a really helpful tool. 
What else is different about spaces in Clubhouse? Well, there's no flash in the mic, which is what people do on Clubhouse to applaud. Mm. It's the only indicator that they have to show something else visual. And so they flash the mic to indicate that they are clapping for the speaker. But there are actual emoji functions within spaces. So currently there are five of them. There's like a 100 emoji. So we use that to indicate like, yeah, I'm with you or, you know, agreement. There's a fist that's usually used in solidarity. There is a wave. Sometimes people greet one another that way or when they're leaving out abruptly, they might do a wave there. So there are five emojis and, and more to come eventually. Cool. They're toying with a lot of cool ways to customize spaces and customize the entire ambience of the space based on what the mood is supposed to be. If it's a business room, if it's comedy, if it's talking about music, we'll be able to have full customization of the colors and the set of emojis used and things like that. Sweet. Well, one of the big differences between Twitter and Clubhouse is discovery and how it all works and stuff. So I think this is something a lot of our audience is going to want to understand. With Clubhouse, you know, you open up the app and you just start scrolling and you see rooms that you can choose to enter or not enter into. But with spaces, you open up Twitter and it's not quite the same. So maybe you could verbally describe to people if they open up the Twitter app. And by the way, we should state you have to use the Twitter app, right? You can't use third-party apps to see this. Right, right, correct. No third-party apps. Well, there is no hallway like the like Clubhouse, but um, there is now what's called the tab. That's what they're referring to it as. There is an actual tab that is in the middle of your screen at the bottom. And that is where all of the spaces are housed that are currently live. Only 500 of us have access to that currently because that is now in beta, but that'll be rolling out to the public. So my view inside of there is current live spaces, but they are in the process of rolling out all different types of ways that they plan to promote creators. And they have some really good ideas about how to make topics visible and make sure that creators are rewarded and get good visibility. So, This tab is going to be along the bottom. And when you click on it, you will see spaces that other people are hosting. Do you have any sense as to whether or not it's everyone on the whole platform or just the people you're following? Or is there any kind of AI that kind of shows you certain kinds of rooms? I mean, I know it's in beta, but do you have any sense of it yet? So at the current moment, it's literally, uh, it'll be just live conversations that are taking place. Most of them are within your selected language on Twitter with the top being people you know, followed by largest spaces happening at the moment, and then underneath that, everything else. But that will change drastically throughout the next several weeks. So this is just like the, just the bones of it. And they are taking live feedback from those 500 of us to figure out what we really need to see there. So for the rest of the world, as of today, when you open up the Twitter app, how in the world do you know if there's a space going on? Explain that to everyone. Okay, great. So yes, there are a few ways to know. For one, you should follow the Twitter Spaces handle. That's the official handle that deals with all things spaces. They post top creators or people that are interesting or things that they're teaming up with creators on all the time. But uh, So that's one way to find spaces. Another is that uh, if someone is live in a space currently, it'll show up in your fleets bar at the top. The fleets bar is where you see like the little mini videos that fade away after the day is done. But in that top bar of your screen, they're shown as purple. There will be purple orbs. And also as you're going through your timeline, 
if someone on your timeline is currently live speaking in or hosting a space of their own at that moment, their Abbey will have a purple ring around it. So those are all ways of identifying if a space is open at the moment and you are able to just click and join. People want you to join. You don't have to feel nervous or hesitate or feel like you're overstepping. Um, they are welcome for everyone to join. And, you know, we're recording this in June. We're releasing this in July. So a lot of these things will probably evolve of 2021 for people that are listening to this in the future. A lot of these things I'm sure will evolve. But what we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about is how to best go about hosting a space. So let's start with how should we prepare in advance uh, to host our own Twitter space? And as of right now, I believe everyone with 600 followers or more can host a space. Does that sound right to you? Yes, that is right. But if you do have less than 600, you don't have to be dismayed. If you go to the Twitter spaces handle, there's a Google Docs form uh, that they allow you to fill out and on average, people are having access to hosting between two to 24 hours. If you fill out that form, even if you do have less than 600, they will give it to you. So in theory, pretty much everyone can have access now. Sweet. And I'm sure that's going to change over time. They'll probably just make it the standard feature on the app. So how do we prepare in advance? What do we need to be thinking about in order to have the best possible Twitter spaces experience? Yes. One thing that I like to do is try to push every feature to the limit to give like a very good production. So you're going to combine the, the use of emojis. You're going to combine using the pinned tweets. And one way to prepare for that is to have those bookmarked in advance. So if you know you're going to do a movie review on the latest Marvel movie, then you're, you're going to want to already go ahead and bookmark the tweets about the Easter eggs in the film or the behind the scenes things so that you're not scrambling to have those ready at the time. So bookmarking tweets is extremely important. By the way, when you say bookmark, is bookmark a feature in the Twitter app or like tell us a little bit because I honestly yes. don't even remember it having Correct. that feature. Okay, go ahead. Yes. So this, um, when you go underneath every tweet, when you hit like the share button, there's a, a bookmark feature there. And there will also, by the time this comes out, there will also be other ways to organize those bookmarks because they're working on that now. But currently you can just have them all, you know, in one batch bookmark. But it, it's very, very helpful. I think there is a heart feature. Is it the same thing? Do you know if you push the heart feature, does it create a bookmark? No, it, it does actually look like, well, that'll fall under your likes, which okay. is another way people can do it. But bookmarking is private to you. Ah, so okay. that way it's not giving spoilers on your timeline of what you do plan to share. Maybe it's things that you feel like you wanted to hit that first time of, on fresh eyes. So perfect. the bookmark is just just your eyes only. And even the person who authored the tweet is not notified that you bookmarked it. Okay. Well, that's really good to know. So there's that. Yep. Keep going. Yeah, there's that. And then having a hashtag for your space is super, super important. So for us, like using hashtag viral talk, originally it was the hashtag for just what we were doing and it, it, it evolved into being the actual show title. But having a hashtag is extremely important. For instance, an event that I have coming up, the Juneteenth block party, that's the, the hashtag. So during the space, you can encourage everyone who's in there to use that hashtag for any questions and comments that they have that they're tweeting out. If you have a large enough space, you can just imagine how well that hashtag will perform and it's going to constantly bring more people in. And if you're wise about what hashtag you formulate, then and don't knit yourself down too far. You'll actually attract a lot of new eyes who are already your audience to come on in as well. So having a hashtag for your topics is really important. Quick question on that. 
the hashtag is more of a promotional opportunity, not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily play into the live experience, right? Right. However, by the time this comes out, this feature may or may not be ready, but they are going to make it where those live hashtags work in your titles as well. So if it was hashtag marketing and you had that as the title of your space, anyone who's searching that hashtag would also find your space. Ah. So it will serve as more very soon. Okay, cool. What else do we need to be thinking about? Yeah, so something that I I placed really, I should have named it first, but was like to not open a space if you don't have the time or the energy. So if you open a space and you're not in the best mood, people will know no different than any other, you know, content creation when you're vlogging or you're podcasting. If the energy is off, people will recognize that. So the turnover rate can be very high in audio spaces that they come in and they don't like what they hear. They can immediately leave out and hop into another space. So I would just highly recommend that you do it when you feel up to doing it. And then having your talking points organized already. And it's good to have like an umbrella topic. It's okay if your topic changes while you're there. But if you have some umbrella topic with a bunch of subtopics under it, so you don't end up with a bunch of dead air. If you've already prepared that way and you notice people are kind of getting distracted, shifting them over, finding ways to keep them active in the conversation. But we'll get to that more. I know uh, definitely want to share some things about keeping it alive. Do me a favor and define umbrella trap. Sure. Yeah. yeah. My umbrella topic, everything that I create on Twitter spaces falls under the umbrella topic of joy. Now, the way that looks in practice will be, so when we do hashtag viral talk, we only bring on guests that we know that the topic is going to promote positivity and joy, things like that. The people that I interview on the platform at all, even if I'm interviewing them to, to make sure that when people leave, they feel better than how they showed up whether we're talking about mental health or COVID, uh, how it's affecting people in different parts of the world, making sure that that is the undercurrent of all the content that I create, because at least people know that that is on brand. They know to expect that, that no matter what we are talking about, even the tough topics, that I will prioritize making sure that it's not causing harm to people. So joy is the top thing. And that's why a lot of the things I do on there as well are things that promote humor or laughter, you know, uh, just people feeling good. We have game nights and things like that as well. But joy is at the forefront of that for me. Awesome. So we talked about bookmark those tweets, have a hashtag, make sure you're in a good place uh, with your energy, have some talking points and an umbrella topic before you go live on Twitter spaces. Now, let's say we're about to go live on Twitter spaces. What do we need to be thinking about? What do we need to know? Let's talk about that. You need to make sure that you're always informing people as soon as you start about just some basic points that everyone should know, that the product is still in beta. Even if it is fully, fully rolled out by the time this airs, then with them, there are going to be other issues as they're working things out. So making sure people are aware of the fact, hey, you might come across some bugs. If it crashes, we'll open, you know, right back up, things like that. Uh, Encouraging everyone to share the space out because there's a share button within that allows people to either share it out on their timeline or they can copy the link and text it to friends or they can send it to people and invite them privately via DMs. So all those things to to ask yourself, what am I trying to achieve? Is this a space where I want this to reach as many people as possible? Do I want this to be more intimate? And then using those tools accordingly to reach whatever those goals were that you set out for that particular space that you're starting. Oh, and the emojis. It's really, really important to tell people to use the emojis because then they're not falling asleep on you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we use those emojis for all sorts of things. Sometimes it's like used to take a live poll 
you know, give us a hundred if you want this, give us the fist if you want that, using them just to, to gauge the interaction of the room. If you encourage people when they come in that they can never use them too much, it's a really good thing because people are more comfortable and lax and they know that you're paying attention, especially when you respond to their use of the emojis. So it might be like, okay, Mike, I see you hit that laugh emoji. I'm glad you got a kick out of that. You get right back into what you're talking about. Like, okay, she knows that I'm here. She's paying attention (laughs) to the fact that I'm here and she'll notice when I'm gone. So those little things go a long way. Now, when people are just coming into the space, because a lot of people are popping in and out all the time, right? Yes. What do you do to kind of like welcome new people in, you know, other than just telling them, hey, this is beta. I mean, like, is there any other thing that you could do to kind of get the conversation rolling? What are your thoughts? Yeah, if people are joining at the top of the conversation, then there's definitely room to greet them. Something that I've noticed is that people can over moderate a space and um, it would be the same as if, you know, the way you feel, uh, if someone just hovering over you the whole time you're visiting their home. And so I try to give people a little bit of space with that. I don't feel like I have to stop the flow of good conversation to be like, you know, someone's talking and I'm like, oh, hey, Bob. Oh, oh, hey, Mary. Like it can really interrupt if there's a good vibe going and people are really sharing and having good interaction. So when the time allows for when there's the next pause, it might be like, hey, you know, I see my girl Rachel's down there. You know, I'm glad you can make it and Feel free to request the mic anytime you want if you want to come up and share anything. But to just kind of let people do what they, you know, would normally do in a setting where you're hanging out with other people. So when you have people in the room, how do they get up on the stage? Kind of explain that to people, because I think it's similar to Clubhouse, but it might be a little different. But like, let's say you see someone in the audience. Can you pull them up on the stage? And can you also encourage people to raise their hand? Like, how does that work exactly? So there's an actual mic request button as opposed to hand raising. So it'll say request the mic if you are listening in on a space. And so they can request that. And then it shows us that it's pending, uh, that there's someone who's requested. And we have tools inside that allow us to go through who's requested to bring them up. Then also, you'll know the vibe of the space. Like if it's something that's more teaching, like you might have like, you know, two guys on stage and they're talking about Dogecoin and this is them teaching you about Dogecoin. Maybe they're not bringing anybody up. But if this is a space and we're talking about our professional experiences or our goal setting for the month, that's probably going to be a more interactive discussion. So it's literally like in every sense of the term reading the room, you come in, you read the room and we are um, hosts. There's a host and then you can have up to 10 other people speaking at a time. There is a max amount of mics available in Twitter spaces. So if you see all of them full, then maybe you might not have as good of a chance of hopping on right away. But typically, if there are mics available and as long as you don't come off as somebody that's uh, there to start trouble, people are very, very, very good and to, about bringing you up and they want people to be involved in their conversations. What about people that are in like a noisy environment? Because this happens a lot on Clubhouse, for example, like you've got someone who doesn't realize how noisy it is where they are. How do we go ahead and either encourage them to mute themselves when they're not talking or do we mute them or how does that work on on spaces? For me, I take it on a case by case basis. The good thing is that we do have the actual tools needed. If we had to go that route, there is a mute button where we can mute people one at a time or if maybe everyone's getting a little too chatty at once, there is a mute everyone button. So it's a the quick <laughs> kill the noise moment. And then if there was somebody who maybe just was having an off day and you needed to move them down to listener, there's a button to do that. And there's also functionality to remove them from the space altogether. So there are plenty of tools there. Personally, 
if it's someone that I've interacted with many times, I have no problem saying, hey, it's a little noisy back there. You want to mute until you get where you're going or whatever. And people don't have a problem with that at all. But if it was a stranger and they just kind of maybe forgot they were off mute and walked away from their phone, a bunch of noisy, I would just hit the mute button and move on. Okay, cool. Now let's talk about looking at people's profiles and all that fun stuff. Cause we can do that, right? I mean, we can kind of peek and see oh, yeah. who's in the audience. Talk about that a little bit and how that might be useful. Oh, it's extremely useful. It adds a lot of texture to the conversations as people are entering the space. You know, it's human nature. We are definitely going to go and do our research. Oh, who's the friend that just showed up to the party? So you're able to click. And the cool thing is, you know, with Twitter, many people do have, you know, like an established history on there. So there's a lot to learn. You hit that media tab on their timeline and you're able to see all the pictures they've shared since they've gotten on Twitter. Um, You can learn a whole lot about a person from just doing like a 60 second deep dive. And then you're able to see ways of roping them into the conversation. It serves as really good research and to see who your mutual friends are. And you just can learn a whole lot about somebody from what they've built on Twitter up until now. So that's why I would also urge people to make sure you're keeping those bios fresh and to the point and mention everything about you that people should know because it it for sure comes in handy um, in the Twitter spaces setting. Now, when someone has requested the mic, do they go into a queue and can you look to see who's in the queue and selectively decide who to invite up? Yes. So there is a queue, not by number or, you know, anything like that. It is totally up to the host. It will just show us everyone who is currently requested. And then you can just, if you have a lot of requesters, you can kind of decide strategically whether you want to bring someone up, right? Because if maybe if they don't have a profile pick or something like that, or they have a history of talking, you know, their Twitter profile seems to be like completely not relevant to the conversation, all things being equal, I would imagine you could curate carefully who you want to bring up based on just checking out their profiles while they're in the queue, right? Correct. The only thing that can get tricky, if you have a space, for instance, I had a space where I interviewed, um, her name is Tacha. She's like one of Nigeria's largest influencers and she was on Big Brother in Nigeria and she just has a huge following. And so the space that myself and my friend, Mr. Dre hosted her in last week, we had over a thousand people in there. So it can definitely get tricky because her super fans were all requesting the mic. As co-hosting rolls out over these next few weeks, which hopefully will be out by the time this is out, that'll help to have other people who are able to sift through them as well. But as the host, if your space is very large, it can be tricky. But A little tip, something that I do when it gets crazy like that, I say to everyone, hey, can everybody pull back their request because they can just press that button again. And then if there's someone in particular I want to bring up, I'll say, hey, Mike, I don't see you in here. Request the mic, you know, and that way I've kind of just reset it myself. Okay, so talk to us about how you do what you do on hashtag viral talk, because I think it'll be useful for people to kind of understand like. Like, give us a little case study, if you will, of what exactly you do and how long the show runs and kind of like how you flow the show. Sure. The show runs anywhere from one to two hours. And so what happens is if we see a post that has gone viral, typically on Twitter, but a few other platforms as well, I know myself, I've always had a lot of questions. I've always wondered, how did you end up in that situation you were in? Like that, that is the most odd thing. Like, why were those people there at that moment? Or what are the odds of this thing happening? Or what made that special? So we go and reach out to that person and uh, tell them about who we are and what we do and invite them on to tell the story. If there are any other key players involved, we invite all of them. 
as an example, we had, uh, this was really timely a few weeks ago. There was a gentleman, he's a young black rapper and he was recording his music video and you've got like a ton of white women, middle-class dancing in a video with him throwing money. And it was the cutest thing. And it was during a time where we were dealing, you know, as, as we deal with so much in this country, but there was a lot of tension and that video was just so enjoyable at the moment. And it brought together a few different things. It crossed the racial boundaries, it crossed age generations. And it was just so awesome to see this. And so we had him on and all the moms that were in that video. (laughs) And we had the best discussion and it went into all these different things, including like the fact that moms should still have fun and be able to do things like that. You know, it was beautiful. So again, definitely was something that brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. I'm curious about that because, well, first of all, awesome. But I'm curious about like, okay, so you bring on these guests, right? And you have this discussion, but how do you get the audience involved? That's the part I'm curious about. Maybe you could loop that in for me. Well, yeah, sure. Having the hashtag is so helpful because people are able to post their questions throughout the show Mm -hmm. and we can either bring them up to ask directly or we can read, you know, post the tweet inside the space. And then, you know, they have their moment of interaction with that person. And it's a lot of fun. Another thing that we do is at the end, anyone who is in the space who can offer resources to that creator who went viral is able to come up and offer those. So a few weeks ago, we had a girl who went viral because she was taking pictures downtown New York and she was really insecure about her body. And a woman walked up to her and asked her to remove her jacket because she knew that the woman was just lacking confidence. And the photo shoot turned out beautifully with this woman who was just like urging her on and encouraging her. And they went viral. They were on Good Morning America one day and they were with us at Hashtag Viral Talk the next day. And it was so interesting because they told us how many questions that we asked that had never come up. And then we gave them their time to highlight themselves and promote things, projects they're working on. And there were people who wanted to assist them, people who wanted to pour into what what they were working on and shop with them and things like that. So it really is beautiful. And it's not exploiting them. Everybody gets a chance to rally around these people who have done something special and see how we can help them. And their 15 seconds turn into something bigger. I love how you're using the hashtag to encourage people to ask questions so that you can curate questions and ask them yourself if you don't want to. Or you could say, hey, Mike, you asked a great question. Raise your hand. I would love you to ask it live, right? I would imagine you could go either way if you wanted to. Exactly. For sure. And we've done both. And that that's really incredible, um, especially when you have to be careful because certain types of guests have to be protected. When we brought Tatcha in uh, Nigeria on the other day, she is notorious because and so people, most people absolutely love her, but those who don't can be very cruel to her. So mm-hmm. that's why hashtag was very important to protect her. And we were very cautious about vetting who was able to come up to that mic so that she would not be harmed in any way. And that went off without a hitch because of the, the preparation that we put into that. However, fans were still able to come up and speak to her. Those that we were able to, you know, do our homework in. Right. They had their moment to speak to her directly and they may not have ever gotten that chance otherwise. Tell me about some of the ways you've seen other marketers or businesses use spaces. I mean, because you've been in so many, I'm sure you've seen quite a variety of things. Well, what I'm really enjoying to see right now is not even them just only using it for hosting their own spaces, but getting behind creators and understanding when you have a good product that they should support. So for instance, I have a friend, her name is Jazaree Allen Lord. And I call her just like I'm the queen of spaces. I call her the queen of sneakers because she's done so much in the the sneaker world. She even has her own shoe with Reebok. Well, 
Adidas just picked up uh, like three episodes of her show that she does on Twitter Spaces every Friday night called The Kickback. It's at 8.15 and it's fantastic. You'll learn all these things about sneaker culture that you never would have known about. And it's just a really rich discussion with all types of fan- like really um, intriguing guests. And so they have been hearing about what she's doing. And I see these brands, these big shoe brands popping up in her space, sitting in there listening. And they're realizing like, wait a minute, there's something to this. She's working on some things with South by Southwest right now just for her show that she's been doing because they want her to do that live with them now that they've seen what she's doing on Spaces. So there's actually like a lot to be said for how brands can come in collaborating with actual creators or how they can do their own own thing. A lot of the news outlets and journalists have been really good about hosting Spaces and I enjoy those a, a lot. USA Today will go on and they'll have several of their journalists and they'll talk about things that are going on that weekend. It's really cool to be a part of that and be able to ask questions live from the journalists. So yeah. And you don't have to be a big brand, right? I mean, you can be anybody and create spaces. You know, one of the questions that I've had is, can you record these spaces easily or is that coming? Do you have, you are allowed to record them. You are allowed to. So it's not against any like terms and conditions, which is awesome. There are a few different ways of doing it and people do it. I've actually been on someone's live podcast and on space for through spaces. I mean, there are other options. I won't drop any of those names on your show. It's not like native, <laughs> uh, on this podcast, I'm worried out loud is yours. <laughs> it's not built in. Like uh, there's no record button built in at this juncture, right? Or not is there... yet. Okay. Not yet. Right. Yep. But people are definitely doing it. Yeah. Best practices if you're going to record is to disclose that you're going to record, right? Because people want to know that before you come up. It should be in your title. Most people use like the red circle emoji and it'll say recording. It is very important to do that. It needs to be in the title at all times, just in fairness, because certain topics, people can go rather deep. Yeah. And so they should have the awareness to decide if they want to partake. But yeah, people do it. And I, I hop in those spaces. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if I am to eventually do it, which I hope to, I would definitely just inform people first. But I've never recorded a space until now. But I do plan on doing some in the future, the very near future. Risha, if people want to follow you on Twitter spaces or they want to check out your viral talk show, where do you want to send them? Follow me on Twitter at Risha Howard, R-E-E-S-H-A-H-O-W-A-R-D. And um, then I'll also point you in direction of my co-host on Hashtag Viral Talk. His name is Mr. Dre. And yeah, that's how you can find me on Twitter. And once we connect there, anything else you need, let me know. My DMs are open. And how, when do you host your uh, Hashtag Viral Talk show? Is it a certain time every week? So it's not on a schedule. We want to stay authentic to making sure that it's when someone has done something special that is worthy of us gathering as a community that way. So we don't currently have it on a schedule. But we do very well about making sure people know in advance. So as long as you're following me, you will definitely know about it. There is also a, a, a viral talk handle called uh, at viral talk spaces if you want to keep up there as well. But yeah, follow me and you'll be in tune with everything. I make sure everybody knows about it. Risha Howard, thank you so much for answering my millions of questions about Twitter spaces. It's my great hope that people will check out what you're doing and they'll give Twitter spaces a try. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. And I'd be glad to come back and answer a million more. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 466. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us 
If you've been a long-time listener, let your friends know about this show. I am at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.